Hi everyone, my name is Navmi Shireen and I'm back with another episode of Make Change Studio podcast series. Make Change Studio is a product of a collaboration between BD School of Business and the School of Interactive Arts and Technology at Simon Fraser University. This collaboration has been made possible by Charles Chang Institute of Entrepreneurship. The purpose of this podcast is to have deeper conversations with the industry experts on topics around design, sustainability, research, and entrepreneurship. My question today is how do we start small and slow? How can we be consistent in our efforts to improve our products, services, and whatever that we offer through our ventures to achieve the desired results? I always wanted to have a conversation with a person who, knowing that we are in a pandemic situation worldwide, steps into the unknown realms of starting a venture and making it a success. To explore our question further, our guest today is Iman Shweb. Iman is a research scientist by education with a background in biotechnology. She completed her bachelor's in biotechnology from the University in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and master's from Swinesburne University, Melbourne, Australia, that too in biotech. During her education, she worked briefly with the state-of-the-art molecular laboratory Saim Darby in Malaysia before she moved to Pakistan where she worked as a research scientist at an Armed Forces Institute of Pathology, Rawalpindi, under the Department of Forensic Medical Sciences. There, she got an opportunity to be involved in several molecular diagnostic procedures, including the next-generation sequencing, library preparation, and identifying common regions of cancer genes persisting among Pakistani population. She was honored to be selected by the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine in Washington, D.C. for a training program that is run in collaboration with National Institute of Health Sciences Pakistan and Kenya Medical Research Institute in Kenya. During all of this, there has always been this innate desire in Iman to investigate the skincare products that led to the complex hours she spent on formulating and integrating skincare regimes, which she now proudly shares with her customers. As a scientist, having more than eight years of hands-on experience in the field of research enabled Iman to understand and appreciate the amazing properties and organic plant-based essential oils. Iman's passion about skincare and balanced nutritional lifestyle led her to start working on products made from pure ingredients that she would personally use herself and would share with people close to her. This initial exploratory venture later evolved into Iora Soaps and Bombs. Iora aims to help individuals address long-term skin conditions like acne, eczema, psoriasis, and dermatitis, as well as hair loss issues. Her products aim to provide aromatherapy along with topical solutions to help invigorate the mind, body, and soul. 
Iora is proud to offer eco-friendly packaged products, 100% organic, vegan, and free of preservatives. Super excited to have Iman here today. Welcome, Iman, to the Make Change Studio podcast series. Thank you, Nagmibaji. Thank you so much for having me. How are you feeling today? I am doing great. And how are you feeling? <laughs> and I know that it's uh, night over there <laughs> and it's morning over here. It's a bit of a <laughs> you know, struggle to keep up with overseas. Like, yeah, I understand. That's, that's true. But, you know, it's fun at the same time. Uh, you know, I got, got time to catch up with you. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> so Iman, I have like, I, I always wanted to, I have been watching you, you know, starting. I, I, I actually um, been very impressed with the way you have been. You initiated a venture and then you're taking it, moving it forward. And not only you're taking it further, uh, forward, you're also, um, you know, in innovating, inventing on the go, and successfully running it, which is a huge, you know, compliment. Which is a huge, uh, I would say, a success in this time when we are in pandemic. And mm-hmm. you know, kudos to you on that. Thank you so much. I still do believe I'm I'm still at the baby stage, uh, but I'm trying my best because it it is pandemic and it's it's a really tough time for everyone out there. But I I am trying to you know spread the awareness. Glad to know. Glad to know. Um, Iman, before we start uh, talking more about Iora, which I can't wait to do, but I want a little bit to know a little bit of your background. You did uh, study biotechnology. So it's a very different field. And when did you decide that you want to pursue biotechnology? And what exactly is biotechnology for our audience? If you want to elaborate on that, that would be great. So Mm -hmm. it was actually back in 2010 when I was um, applying to various universities and looking into different programs. And my parents were actually very keen on sending me to the med school. Um, at the same time, I came across this course called Biotechnology Out of Nowhere, and it was mushrooming endlessly. So I just went through the course. I you know, read about it, the description, what are the future perspectives, and it did strike me a little, I would, I would say. It's all thanks to my brother who took the initiative. He went towards it, and then I just followed his footsteps, and then it was never turning back. And... Um, that's how I went to Kuala Lumpur and I started off with biotechnology. And uh, so biotechnology is actually a vast field and um, it is a world of science with never ending research questions. Um, it involves everything from agriculture to aquatic science to you know human genetics, medicine. Um, it's all about innovation, food, nutrition, lifestyle, and whatnot. So why not? I mean, this is so exciting. It is, it is. And so your brother has a background in biotech as well, like yourself? Yes. So he did his bachelor's, but there was a full stop soon after that. But it was just, you know, I had the courage to pursue my higher education and, you know, fulfill my parents' dream. So yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Very, very cool. So Iman, from there to Iora, Soaps and Bombs, like what a journey, I would say. 
tell us more at what point you figured that you have to start something of your own. I know that you worked with the government of Pakistan a little bit. Um, you worked with it in Malaysia, um, but then you settled in, in Pakistan and you started, but before, before we talked about why Pakistan, but let, tell us more about what led you to start um, a venture of your own. Okay, so um, I was always very passionate about skincare. I would say while I was doing my research um, in the labs, I, I, you know, I, I always thought I was my own experimental subject. We go through different skincare uh, problems, like uh, especially acne. And uh, we do try to approach the dermatologist, but you know, there, there were, there were times when I was really depressed and uh, I would fly back to Kuala Lumpur with, with skin issues. So one day while I was working in the lab and extracting the, uh, you know, uh, extracting different oils from the plants and working on their properties and the benefits towards the, the rats or the mice or, so it, it just struck me that, you know, why not? We could have uh, studied some certain types of oils that could be beneficial for the skin. Um, but that was just a very new thinking. It was actually when I went for my master's and I started actually working furthermore on research, it gave me that confidence to start something of my own. Mm. And also something very different, because when we talk about skincare product, we don't look into the details as to what is the, are there any preservatives added? What type of containers there are? Um, how, how well is it treating our skin? No one has ever thought about it. So it's just um, more of a business for many people out there and less of, uh, you know, the actual, uh, the aim. Mm -hmm. of the skincare products. So that's how actually I started working on it. Mm, interesting. And like you said, I always love those stories where people or innovators actually leverage upon their own experiences and they say, okay, I knew that I was having this problem. And then that yeah. made me think that maybe many people like me are having the same problem. So maybe. if nobody else is solving it, like let's do it. And that's where I think yep, that's, that's the hallmark for a true entrepreneur. And you are one of those. <laughs> Good. Oh, I, I just hope so. <laughs> like I said, I'm just trying. I, there is obviously room for improvement and learning. And, you know, every day is a new day and you learn with time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> and um, Iman, you have been to Malaysia. You have been to Australia, Kenya for various research reasons. Um, and on your educational pursuits. But you chose to start this initiative in Pakistan. I'm interested to know why was it important for you to start from there and you're still running it from there? Well, why? I, I personally believe that if you want to serve humanity and help bring about change, start from your own home. So although I've been to different countries and, you know, all the confidence and the knowledge that I have today, I thank the institutions that I've been to and the experiences. But when I look back at my very own home country, there was no such platform where, um, you know, there were awareness spread towards people about how to love nature, about how to look after yourself, about how to love the product that you're applying or using at the same time. Um, and, and I tell you why, because um, 
when I made this product, it's not just an ordinary product. I'm trying to promote aromatherapy because mental health is very important and very crucial. So in Pakistan, unfortunately, um, the, the awareness is not there. So what I was trying to aiming at was trying to um, incorporate different kinds of essential oils to, uh, into the products. And as you apply the product that would, you know, release your happy hormones like serotonin, it would calm down. It would, you know, you know, make your, um, your system really nice and healthy and calm mm -hmm. you down, like mm -hmm. I said. So um, looking at all those perspective I it was a huge decision for me and you know I came back and I knew I would I, I can always go back but you know why not why why not your own country so that's the main basic reason why I came back and yes I'm I'm still you know working from oh, here that is so <laughs> impressive Iman I'm so happy to hear you say all of that and I totally agree Pakistan um we, we people don't put a lot of, there's no government initiatives. There are no knowledge awareness regards to mental health and, um, you know, how well-being, you know, uh, and any effort in that regards should be appreciated. And I really, really happy that you think you think like that and your, your thought process is along yes. those lines. Very impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, Tell us, um, like, I, I'm interested to know, like, when you started, what was your MVP, minimum viable product? What was the one product you started with? And why did you start with that particular product? And give us more, like, what was your launching strategy, your fears at the time when you launched that product? Tell us more. Um, I still remember that day. And um, I was really, I was extremely nervous. Um, but the thing is, I actually launched a series, a range of products. I did not come up with just one product, but mainly focusing on her elixir, which is, uh, you know, hair oiling is very common in Pakistan. There are a lot of issues that women especially go, go through due to uh, the hormonal changes that the body goes through with time, pre and post pregnancy. So I would say um, that one product has to be my hair elixir, but otherwise, you know, a moisturizer is very essential. Um, also in, in Pakistan, the, the concept of having those old fashioned soap bars weren't there. And um, I wanted to bring that back uh, by, you know, play, putting in some lavender, um, you know, lavender buds or rose petals or, you know, with those essential oils. I wanted to show people that there are ways you can look after yourself. Um, and the, the, yes, I mean, I, I did have fear that... Um, it's something new that I'm starting off with. And, you know, maybe it would not go that well. Maybe it would go that well. So everything is so unpredictable. You just have to wait for the time or the right time, I would say. But I just took a step. And Nakmi Baji, touch wood, so far, everything is going really well. And um, so there are no regrets. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. That is so important. So you launched, um, when you launched, you launched it on Instagram, right? Is that correct? Or? So um, I launched, um, so it was actually a soft launch when I started it. It was basically at my own home. And and I just used the, uh, the media. Um, I mean, I would just post stuff on Facebook or Instagram. I did not make any website because I didn't want to invest a lot into it. 
there was more like minimum investment and probably maximum profit, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yes. So, yeah. And you were interviewed by various channels as well in Pakistan. That was I was listening to one of your interviews. It was pretty impressive. Where actually you were talking about the hair fall problem, yeah. and you know, in women, men and women, and exactly. um, you gave a lot of tips and you know to how how to how to stop it, like just on your own without any products, and then with your products, it's even yes. more better, of course. Exactly. So, so every time uh, the customer is trying to approach me, I first offer them a consultation, a skin or hair consultation, um, and then I recommend the product, and then I send them a complete guide that I, you know, a skincare regime or a hair care regime that basically complements the product, and then I would ask them to do a follow up treatment after one month's time because. If I'm into this field, it is my right um, and my job to, you know, mm-hmm. serve them the right way. So that's how I'm aiming to, you know, take this business along. Very cool, very cool. So that that I think that's why you're successful because you give such a personalized and individualistic treatment. I <laughs> there, there's still a long way to go. I would wow. say still a long way to go. <laughs> and. So you already like my you already touched on like it was not and uh, it was a soft start and then you started working on it slowly yes. and then started building on top of um, your connections basically your network and then from there onward you started social media and that's how you got known. But now now that it's running and people are investing their time and money in getting your products. Are the products that you initially started, are they still the same? Or do you still continuously improve on their quality? And how do you sense what to improve and when to improve? Do you do like focus group surveys, feedback? How do you do all of that? Okay, so um, like I said, there's always um, an ample space for improvement, right? So every time I'm making the products, the same product, but I keep on working on ways to improve it further um so here i i apply my research skills i would say i convert the the, you know the basic research to applied research and i come up with various questions as to you know uh, i have to maintain the hygiene um condition seeing that you know pandemic is everywhere and it's really um affecting everyone number two the texture of the product the shelf life, because I add no preservatives, I have to make sure that the sh- uh, that I, you know, use the natural products to um, maintain the shelf life of the product. And then the containers that I'm using, it has to be cl- and clean, it has to be sterilized. And, uh, you know, because, you know, sometimes when we buy the product, we don't really look after the product itself. So how can it cure your skin when we're not looking after the product? So I, I really have to look look into uh, all these details. Along with that, there are no surveys, but I do get reviews from different um, customers. And so far, Touchwood, it has been amazing. Um, but I am working, I, I try to reach out to all my customers, um, you know, after every two weeks. And I try to get their feedbacks and updates if there's anything they feel, if there's any, God forbid, you know, an allergic reaction they're experiencing or anything they would like to share. So, yeah, so these are the ways that I'm trying to cope up. And, uh, you you know, I'm 
yeah, trying my best. Because <laughs> different skins are different, right? Every human is different. And, uh, you know, how, uh, when, in case, like, has it ha- ever happened that somebody got an allergic reaction? Then how would you, how, do you redesign the whole product or you know that the specific skin type, then you have to cater them differently? How do you go about such a scenario? So when I, uh, when someone is approaching me, the whole concept of skin consultation is because I would I would really like to know what type of skin they have, if there is any kind of allergic reactions they are prone towards, seeing their you know um, family history because sometimes people they don't know what their skin type is and this is something very common. Um, and the skincare regime that I send along with the product, it has different recipes of detox drinks that really helps to cleanse your whole system. And if I, this is one thing that if the customer is prone towards sensitive skin or any kind of allergic reaction, one reason could be the um, the stomach problem. And because we don't we don't have a good diet, we don't look after what we are eating because we are what we eat, right? So I, I really guide them through. And if they have a very sensitive kind of a skin, I don't recommend the products that I would recommend to um, everyone else. So it really varies from ev- from one individual to another. Hmm, interesting. Anyone, so while doing that, like you are in this field, you are in this um uh, you are running this business. And what about the competitors? Like, do we have anything that is slightly equivalent to what you are doing? Or this is something absolutely new that people have never experienced before? How do you feel about the market around you? The com- competitors are there, definitely. And um, they're everywhere. And it's it's very tough. It gets very tough at times because they're, they're, they think that you're doing great. But actually, you're still at your first step, you know, but, um, you know, it's it's hard, but you just have to find way out of it. My the the Iora, the whole concept is different in a way that, you know, I'm making the products myself in Pakistan. At the moment, no one has done that before. Yes, some people do make their own soaps, but they they believe in adding preservatives. They think that adding preservative would actually, uh, you know, um, prolong the shelf life. They're they're focusing on that more rather than the quality. So this is something that you know um, I'm working on. I have a different concept. I make the product myself. I'm trying not to add the preservative because it would defeat the purpose. I cannot claim a product organic when I'm adding the preservatives. Mm. So how long does your product last? Like I'm interested because you talked about... So the soaps are usually for one year. Um, the, hair, the hair elixir, there is no expiry date for that because it's just an oil. The lotion, I, I do tell the customers to use it using um, dry and clean hands and also use it within three months. Uh, the body butter that I make use within eight months of opening and, um, you know, scrub cubes, they can be used within six months. So, so around that time. Very cool, very cool. And I know that currently you are, um, since you are running it from Pakistan, you do the deliveries and all of that uh, in Pakistan. And I hope you do it abroad very soon because I'll be your first <laughs> customer. I'll be sending you the order. <laughs> and tell us more about the packaging and the delivery style. Like I know that you're organic. Like How much um, of uh, environmental impact are you thinking in terms of the overall um, 
the process within your business? Okay, so each and every container that I use or the jar that I use is uh, eco-friendly and I make sure that it's non-toxic, BPA-free. I don't like to use plastic um, because I'm from this field and we are being taught that how toxic it is, you know, for you and it mimics as your own hormone if you, you know, somehow ingest it. So, so, so a product like my lip balm, the, the lip balm container that I use, I get it imported from America. It is BPA-free, it is non-toxic, it is eco-friendly. And um, I just use simple craft papers, like I said, minimum investment, maximum profit. So why go very fancy when you can use those old, rustic-looking, beautiful craft paper bags, you know, just tie a ribbon and, you know, place in the box and the person can just love the, the product by itself and, you know... <laughs> So you don't have to do much on it. And um, about the delivery, yes, um, we are delivering nationwide. And, you know, when when I have a certain number of parcels, so we just take it to the, you know, the place, we dispatch it to the courier service. And uh, we are trying to find different ways where the person can come to the place himself and collect it, you know, cash and delivery. We have that system in Pakistan. So that that is much easier. Um, com compared to us going to the courier service over and over again. But in terms of packaging, yes, I'm, I always go for eco-friendly products and I, I really promote that. Mm, very cool, Iman. Iman, um, so do you have any like word of wisdom for our students? Like you started something of your own, you started small, like you said, I'm going to quote you um, that minimum investment, maximum profit. <laughs> And that's, that's, you know, you understood the core of running a business and that's very beautiful. So anything that you would like to tell us to our students leveraging upon your experience? Um, I would just like to tell them that, you know, nothing is impossible, number one. Have confidence in yourself. There might be people out there who would stop you from taking this step, who would, you know, uh, bring out, you know, problems or worries or, you know, they, they would create a situation where you would have second thoughts, but never listen to them. Listen to your own feeling, to your own gut feeling, I would say, and just take a step. Um, if you, it is not important that you have to invest all the time, it's not important. Yes, you do have to invest, but it's not important that it's it's millions and millions of dollars. You you can just start off with anything. Just just use your skill, turn your hobby into a business, and that's something beautiful because you 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 will be passionate about that thing that you're doing, and uh, you will be so successful one day when you look back, you'd be like, wow, where did I start from, and look where I end up. You know, where did I end up? So, um, yeah, just, just follow, follow your heart. <laughs> wonderful advice, Iman, wonderful advice. Um, one thing that in one of the previous podcasts and we were talking about like how customer reviews, like how to actually deal with them. And most of the time when they're positive, it's, it's you know, it, it's cool. But what do you do with the negative feedback? How do you deal with it? How do you process it? And how do you take that feedback to improve your product? So have you ever had a feedback that you had to process it before, you know? I would, I'll be honest with you, touch wood, 
so far, I've never got a negative um, review. Um, probably reason being, there, you know, no one is perfect, Nagmi Bhaji. No one is perfect. Um, my product wouldn't be suitable for all skin types, like I said. But if in case there is someone who has tried my product and would have not liked it and I didn't know about it, and if one day the person approaches me, I would be open about it, you know, just hear them out because they have paid for the product, um, have an open heart to pay them back. If they want a refund, just go for it. That's okay. Because I started from nowhere and I'm doing this for people out there. So if I'm not, you know, um, uh, if I can't refund that lady or that man, so what's the what's the whole point of you know serving humanity and you know helping people out there? So it's okay. I mean, there are ups and downs in life. You just have to deal with it. <laughs> Rightly said. I, I totally agree with that. And Iman, like where are two from here? What what is the future that you see for Ayora and for Iman Choi? Uh well, Ayora is let's say my baby my heart and soul so i definitely want to take this you know international internationally inshallah and uh, well for me looking at my scientific career i really intend to pursue with my uh, postgrad studies one day but at the moment i think iora is um you know i'm i'm really working on that yeah very cool Thank you so much, Iman, for coming and joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure um, to talk to you, to know more about Ayora and all of that. I know with, with all the time differences and all of that, you're still very available, approachable, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And it was uh, my pleasure. And uh, thank you for giving me this platform. And I really hope this could be helpful for anyone out there. I just hope so. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Thank you. Thank you.